Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and you are back on track and with us with the next and new exciting episode of Outside the Sheds. I'm your host, and as you can see by my record for this last week, your rebounding Shed Adam is five for eight. Let's say that again, five for eight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Shedheads, it has been a week. Yes, you're right. Yes, it's been a week. Yes, it's been a week, and it's excitement's in the air. Because besides Anzac round, I would say the most magical round of the NRL season is coming to us this week. And, 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 and let's not get this confused with some of our friends from up in the beautiful Queensland country who will definitely let you know how great it is and definitely let you know how great the Maroons are. But besides them interjecting their belief in this, it is a magical round. Now, Magic Round did start from uh, the Super League starting it a few years back. And that was a pretty magical concept as well, with having all the teams come together for a weekend of fun, joy, and exuberance. And if we know anything, you can have a lot of fun and joy up in Queensland. But... We cannot get too far ahead of ourselves because we have work to do before we get to celebrate and talk a little bit more about the Magic Round. And that work is doing our follow-up to the round we just experienced. And, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago when we were saying that the cream of the NRL has really risen to the top. And really the battle, to me, is going to be between seeds six, seven, and eight. And thank you, NRL, for not being like the NBA and think that we have to have a play-in into the tournament. Because after you bruise your body, bleed out for 24, 26, 25, and you can say that because not everybody is playing in all those rounds, and some players are not playing in the competition because they go off to state of origin. So they're not actually playing in those rounds. But what I'm saying is, after going through all of the season, do you really want to have another plan just to say, okay, I'm in? Anyway, I, I don't need to go that far. We already know where we're coming from in that case. But what I'm saying is that the teams that are five and above, to me, are so far and above the rest of the teams in the competition that... I know how we always talk and you hear a lot of the pundits say that a, a team has to finish in the top four to really win the competition. And I think to me this year, uh, again, that is going to be the case. But I think that there could be a really dangerous outside lying team that does not make the top four who finishes in that fifth position because that's going to be a dangerous team. Um, but let's go into these scores. Starting off the round, well, again, like I said, Storm 50, Rabbitohs nothing, and it wasn't even that close. <laughs> it's kind of a joke right there, isn't it? Now, I will say that I don't think any of us saw the Melbourne Storm doing what they did to a undermanned South Sydney club. But man, I'm telling you, Belly Yates got himself a fine running automobile down there. And we're not talking a 46 Studebaker either. We're talking a prime, fuel-efficient, powerful, just machine. And we won't talk yet about the Fox. Once again, creeping around in our backyard doing Fox things. Josh Adokar, Josh Adokar, well, let's do this, Josh Adokar, Josh Adokar, Josh Adokar, Josh Adokar. Okay, there we go. I think you know where I'm going at with that. But we'll talk about the Fox here sooner than later. Next again, 
Cream to the top. Panthers 48, Sharks nothing. I told you this as well, Shedheads. I said the Sharks could be in deep, deep trouble. And I know that a lot of people were belly aching. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that, Craig. A lot of people were whining and complaining and and saying that 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 Coach Morris was not going to bring in the right talent and that 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 Cronulla did not look like a destination spot and all of this, right? Well, last time I checked, since they sacked Coach Morris, this team has looked like a shell of themselves. And I'm going to say something now, will not make the top eight and could finish lower, way lower than that if there's not a resurgence inside that locker room slash shed. They're in trouble. Cronulla is in serious, serious trouble. And with with Chad Townsend going up to North Queensland next year and him being such a force inside that locker room and that shed it really makes you wonder when when you see him get benched towards the end of the game and the look that was on Chad's face I don't think Chad really saw his last season in Cronulla going the way that it's going now but I think that was a look of of what this team possibly could have been if the powers that be would have either waited to the end of the season and let Coach Morris finish out the season in the standpoint of not making a coaching decision, even though I know you have a lot of players that are coming off salary and you have to make those decisions. But there's some other, how should I say, dominoes that fell from this that we're going to talk about that, you know, does that coaching change even make a difference? Because it didn't make a difference in a big decision that happened this week, which we'll go into during the 40-20. Eels 31, Roosters 18. The only thing I have to say on that is the bunker shows its head again. And you would think with technology getting more and more and more in tune with today's day and age of sport and sporting events, that these quote-unquote individuals would get this correct. But the, the, the utter loss of the situation that happened to the Roosters against the Eels, I guess, I guess you could say what Coach Robinson said. It was, it's diabolical, and it's not accepted and shouldn't be accepted. And I'm wondering how much longer and how many more weeks are we going to have to keep hearing Graham Ansley talk on Monday uh, about the state of affairs, about the bunker and his officiating crews? Because that's kind of that's kind of getting tired and played out a little bit. And I don't really know what else you can really do. Now I know now they're saying they're going to let the bunker have a little bit more leeway to look at other situations, but. The last time I checked, the word bunker means sh- protecting yourself and covering up for incoming rounds. So I guess if that's what this bunker is, it's sure taking a lot of incoming rounds. And I'm just waiting for a direct hit on the entire system. Next, we, we really had a match that showed a lot of heart in a lot of different directions. Knights 24, Raiders 16. Ricky's woes continued down the nation's capital. But we we got to see something from the Knights. A Knights team that battled back, that really showed a lot of heart. And I think, now, I think we've, we've all discussed this earlier that I don't see the Knights making the top eight. Even when Mitchell Pierce comes back, because I think things are going to just be too far gone. But they have a real chance with their matchup this week against the Tigers that the Knights really could be get on a winning streak. Now, that's going to be tough because Kalen Ponga is not playing this week. And so you're going to move Tex Hoy back in the fullback position. But, again, what better team would you rather play against that does, you know, if you don't have Kalen Ponga at your disposal than a Tigers Jekyll and Hyde Sybil club that, again, is coming in after having another bad showing, um, which, again, we will discuss. And look at that. There's the match we're talking about. Titans 36, Tigers 28. Again, 
the Tigers have a chance. They 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 break out these you know these Tommy jerseys so they can show the Magpie pride. And again, the Tigers, Tigers gonna Tiger, as my buddy would say. Tigers gonna Tiger. And the Tigers, again, don't show up and produce the way they need to. And then they show at the end of the match when David Nafaluma scores his try and there's not enough padding and protection and he goes right into a chain link fence. What is the Tigers season like if David Nafaluma really gets injured severely, which really by every means could have happened? How do you not have padding around that area? I'm saying these are these are some big boys. I think we all know this. Going at high rates of speed. We see what the wingers can do now. We see what they can do with, with stretching their bodies out and contorting their bodies. And they're usually hitting those, those, those side ends at great rates of speed. And that's before somebody else is going to collide into them. So... Tigers, I don't know if you have much magic left for Magic Weekend because a lot of that magic might have been used in the fact of or of, of sparing D- David Nafaluma from serious injury. But again, you know, the Tigers are making some drastic changes again under under uh, you know under Magic, and you just wonder you can't keep doing that. I don't know how Magic can forget what happened last year. And this is, again, with him tinkering. Again, something we're going to talk about in a few moments. And then, I, I tell you, the, the match to me that 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 really brought a lot of joy and excitement back to me being a true NRL footy fan, and that was to see the rivalry between the Broncos and the Cowboys really live up by expectation. And the Cows come back and beat their their their. I don't want to say most hated rival, but definitely one of their fiercest rivals between them and and the Gold Coast Titans. But they win Cowboys 19, Broncos 18. But I guess you can say of all the rivals, excuse me, rivalries that we can say that we have in the competition, this one seems to live up to it every time they play. And it is a joy to watch. And the great thing for me is I really don't have a dog in the fight. I like Kevy. I like Coach Payton, I like Todd Payton. I like a lot of players on all those teams now. And so it, it I just get to sit back and watch good footy and watch a lot of hard hitting and exciting footy. Then we had the Seagulls 38 protecting the fortress. Because I told you we're not calling it the L word. It's Fortress Brookie on this show. Brookvale Oval. The Seagulls playing like it was Fortress Brookie. 38-32. Even though, boy, it looked like they were way in control of that match and the Warriors found a way to, how do I say this, sneak in the doggy door and almost break into the house fully. But they got caught by the hips inside the doggy door so they didn't get all the way in. But boy, they were close. And thank gosh there wasn't some some WD-40 or a little bit of grease on that or they would have been right inside the house, those Warriors. But again... The only thing we can say that is it looked like there was a turbo sob in the parking lot and it was purring and flowing well. We'll talk. We'll discuss. But Tommy Turbo and Saab might be the connection that could get Manly into a very, very dangerous position later on down the track and in this season as long as everybody stays healthy. But don't you get that sensation when you watch a Manly match that you're so worried because you see the skill level of Tommy Turbo, that he's one juke, one acceleration from that hammy snapping like a bad rubber band and him being out again. And I know being a fan of the game and, and really love watching this guy play and and and, and, and being a follower and, and, and paying attention to Manly quite a bit. Um, and with them now talking about, is he the greatest fullback ever? I'm going to say calm down there because there's still a gentleman by the name of the Prince of Brookvale uh, the venomous snake, Brett Stewart, that I'm still saying is my guy that I would take because there's a few rings on those fingers. So, but besides that, you just worry about the guy. 
You just worry about him. He's just he's like a fine sports car that you just have to make sure that you tweak it. It's always going in every thousand miles with an oil change. Uh, you keep the RPMs under five, all that type of stuff. But guess what? He is not hurt, and he's maybe right now the most key piece to a team in the entire competition. And then finishing the round, the round that has a lot more. The, the match, excuse me, that has people talking a lot more now about some of the repercussions that happened towards it in the middle of it. But Dragons 32, Bulldogs 12. An, again, another match that your Shed Adamas picked. It was good to see the, 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 you know, the Dragons in some fine-looking striped jerseys playing the football that, that they started kind of the season playing four out of the first five rounds. But it really draws light to what is going on at Canterbury and, and and the Bulldogs and Trent Barrett because, you know, pulling your one of your halves at halftime and kind of pinning that on him, maybe the mistakes that were being made, the not finishing of tries, that's a tough call to make. That's a tough call to make. And watching Flanagan do the press conference during the week where he kind of broke down when he was starting to talk about his dad and how important their relationship is was tough because I don't think any young man, and I know these these are professional athletes, but I think we forget their ages, some of these guys. You know, Sam Walker is 18 years old, and Kyle Flanagan isn't much, isn't much older than that. I'm saying he's, he's 22, I think. And that the Bulldogs organization and club pushed him out in front of the media like that when a guy like Cody Walker wasn't up for talking to the media and just says, I'm not talking to the media. It makes you kind of look at the situation and kind of wonder what the club is doing. Because the last thing you need your have or anybody, your haves or your fullback is not to have confidence and not to play with confidence and not to believe in themselves with confidence. And I, you just kind of get that sensation my gosh, Kyle Flanagan is the last thing that is truthfully holding back the Canterbury Bulldogs. Now, has he played the most incredible football we've seen? No. But to me, he's not a scapegoat either. And for Trent Barrett to allegedly be a halves whisperer because of all the things that, you know, we've seen the Penrith Panthers be able to do after he was there with the club, you know, you have to also remember the guy got run out of Manly, too. And I'm not saying that if he didn't have maybe another season or two, he might have not have done some things. But with the time that he was given there, things didn't go as well as a lot of people were hoping. Now, I'm not saying that's where he's at right now. Because a lot of people will always tell you your second coaching stint, you really figure things out compared to the first time you're a head coach. But... I just think they really they missed the ball with the Kyle Flanagan situation, and and I do think Kyle Flanagan really has a potential of being a, a a really good halfback, but he's got to be coached up, and he's got to have the tools that are needed. And and even though I've before been a big fan of Lachlan Lewis, besides him having a kicking game, offensively Lachlan Lewis doesn't you know and 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 a toughness in you know, in his tackling and the way that he's not afraid and he'll step in, you know, he went down with another injury. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, Burton isn't going to come walk through that door anytime soon. I don't know. I, I don't really know what, what's going on with Canterbury, but the only thing I know right now, I'm just really feeling for those fans because they've got a very, very loyal fan base and they've gone through a few tough seasons right now that it's got to be really, really rough on everybody. So let's go into some of the, the main topics for this last round. And, I, you know, what's the bunker doing? That's what I kind of talked to you about a little bit. How do they miss Dylan Brown going into Drew Hutchinson's side, doing that and hitting him hard enough that he breaks a couple of his ribs and punctures his lung and doesn't get sent to the box, 
doesn't get put on report at the current moment. And they go back up and look at a high shot on Teddy Tedesco, James Tedesco, which again was another bad look on the play. And I don't know how somebody doesn't get 10 in the bend for that. Because we talk so much about player safety and head trauma, blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, this is happening so much for a Roosters club. I'm saying their captain, Boyd Corner, still hasn't touched the field. Boyd Corner still has not seen the field yet this season because of head injuries and head knocks and HIAs, concussion, whatever you want to call it. But that's too big of a player for him to take a shot like he did, and that's just not a 10 minutes. It's just not a whistle and a send-off for 10 minutes. And then to go around and to not make the call on Dylan Brown, which prevented the Roosters from being able to use their 18th man so we could see Suliali come back on the field or come on the field for the first time and also be able to play short with Sam Walker being able to conduct them around the field. You know, just because Dylan Brown's out now for the next three weeks, because they did put him on report coming out of halftime, even though they didn't make sure they told Robbo before, right before the, the team took the field after half, so he couldn't make any type of substitution. And that's why Trent Robinson was so hot at his press conference. And then for him to get fined $10,000 for speaking the truth, even though they put it on a suspended sentence, meaning they're not going to charge him the $10,000 unless he has another outburst during the season, then you're going to have to pay. So so what are you doing? You're, 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 you're strong-arming him? Trent, you might not want to speak up now. I'd hate for you to have to pay the 10 gur. Well, what, what Robbo said, I would have kept going and just given him another five to spend on their lovely wives or husbands or whoever the heck they're going to spend it on because he had every reason to give the barb that he did. No excuse whatsoever. When a player has to leave on oxygen... And that is not, and that's a serious injury, a punctured lung. And they miss it. I, I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with the bunker. I really don't. And it's just not me because if you listen to a lot of the calls, if you listen to a lot of the uh, announcers as they're calling the game, none of them are sure what the bunker is going to see. Like I'm watching, a, I'm, I was watching the, 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 the Warriors and Seagulls match and they replayed a play four times on a kick and they had it from the wrong angle to see if it was a knock-on by Roger Tuivasa-Shek. And the only thing they have to do is spin the camera from another angle and they have every single angle up there in the bunker. It looks like a NASA basement. But... They can't see within 15 to 30 seconds. Okay, yeah, Tuvasa check knocked on, call upheld, whatever. Go on. Let's get the game going. But he keeps slow mowing it and fast forwarding it and slow mowing it and fast forwarding it to see from the wrong angle. I think Robbo saying incompetence might be the understatement of the season right now. Even though I know Ansley suspended the bunker officiating crew for this round, I guess we can all just be excited. I guess they're coming back next round. Anyway, that's my feeling on that. And and I guess I should start writing my check out too for talking incompetence. Now, I said we were going to talk about that guy in our backyard. If you see him again, put your chickens away because the fox, Josh Adokar, might take another one of those for his seventh. And what I mean by that is Josh Adokar did something that hadn't been done in 71 years. He scored six tries this weekend. Now, the question to me, to you, Shedheads, is all that magic that Josh Adokar has, are we going to see that like magic jelly beans just disappear when he goes to the Canterbury Bulldogs next year? You think you think Josh Adokar is going, hmm, I sure like winning a lot. Do I really want to go? Is my family in Sydney that important that I just can't see them during the offseason? Hmm. Hmm. Huh. I guess, hmm. Well, 
Anyway, that's up for the for the Fox to decide. But what I'm saying is incredible to watch that guy and how he was going. He probably could have got ten tries. He was a freak this weekend, and it's not like he's not. And I have to say, when I met Josh Adokar, the guy in person talking to him is the exact same person you see on the field. He's straight up energy, greets you with a smile, holds a smile, laughs. He's just a great dude. He's a great dude. And I love to see good people get to me what they work hard for and what they deserve. And, and you know, the, the guy is just a straight up ambassador of the game for me. I love him. Uh, <laughs> all those different hairstyles, the Errol Flynn cut of last year. Hey, man, I'm a big fan of the Fox, and it was awesome to see him get six tries. And I'm not even a Storm fan, but I sure am a Josh Adokar fan. Now, I said earlier the thing that really brought me the most happiness from this round, uh, besides me just railing on the and you know, talking about the Fox for the last five minutes, was how great it was to see the, the Cows and the Broncos put on the, 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 the display of football that we watched this weekend. And I felt horrible for Kevy because I thought that that his Broncos had done enough to maybe bring themselves home to get themselves across the finish line and to win that match. But then at the same time, I was so happy for Todd Payton that it looks like, you know, and you know who you should, all of us should be happy for? Jake Clifford. Jake Clifford came back into the side and really they didn't miss a beat. His kicking game was point. His high bombs were point. He just played well. And I know it still looks like Jake Clifford is going to uh, the Newcastle Knights. And that is a that's boom for them if they can get him. That is going to be great if he can play along and learn some stuff from Mitchell Pierce. But boy, he had a good match. And if we don't, you know, I, I know we all have short-term memory loss because three seasons ago, everyone was saying that they were in great hands for the future, the North Queensland Cowboys. The, they were in good hands with future halves coming up through the club. And now Jake Clifford, it looks like he's already been cast off and going away. Um, and they're bringing in, like I said, Chad Townsend and 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 Tom Dearden next season to be in those halves. But I, I really think if you let them have a little bit of time, that drink water, drink water could really be something special too. And and I know he just signed that extension, but I think those, you know, Jake Clifford and him in the halves, I think they could be something special. But I guess we're going to have some time to see that because I don't think that, I think Clifford's back in the side again for this week. So um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see how the cows do. And I guess when we go into the picks for this coming magic round, we'll see what I think about him. But what a great match of footy all the way around. I, I, I enjoyed it so much, and and like I said, speaking of that, let's 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 use that as a transition to the forty twenty, because Magic Round, like I said, is here, and I'm so so excited about it. Now, what I'm really bummed out about is that you know how I like to tell you shedheads here in the states um, when some of the matches are on TV, and it looks like. For all the matches that were missed in the first seven rounds with the AFL not being on Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, or the Fox Soccer Channel over here in America, that they are really trying to make up and catch up for it because there is only one round or one match that is going to be played live from this weekend for Magic Round, and it's the Titans and the Panthers match. And that really kind of shocks me. But I think, I think, let me think. I think I saw there's five or six AFL matches this week. But the crazy thing about it again, Fox drops the ball in the standpoint that, yes, we're getting five or six matches. We're going to get, you know, the we're going to get the Brisbane against the, the Suns match, which is a good one to watch. The good one is that one isn't on too late either. I think it starts at 12 or 1 in the morning. Uh, but the match of the round, they don't even have on. But what I'm saying is Magic Round is special. If you have a chance to find it, I don't know how many of you are actually subscribed to the app or have the app. Um, 
so you can watch matches or subscribe to Fox League. Um, it is, to me, worth it if you love the game. Now, all of my shedheads over in Australia, you don't need to be subscribed to anything. But the Magic Round, to me, is a bucket list thing. It's something that I would love to be a part of. I love parts of Queensland. Uh, I've been to Noosa. Uh, I've been up to that great place called Gladstone. That was a joke. I know everyone knows that Gladstone's probably not known for being the most beautiful place in Australia. But I enjoyed it. But you know why I really enjoyed going to Gladstone? Because I got to stop and spend some quality time with the significant other at the Bundaberg factory. And let me put it to you this way. You shed a domest left with things under each arm. Beautiful. I'm a big Bundaberg. Have I said how much your Shedadamas loves Bundaberg? Now, I should probably leave my home address. So if any of you, uh, any of my brothers and sisters and Shedheads alike over in Australia want to just send me uh, Bundaberg by the crate over here stateside since I can't find any of it, I can't buy, listen to me, I can't find Bundaberg rum over here in America. I've got, I've, got to, I've got to throw it in my kit when I'm coming back and, and embezzle it across the border. It's, a, it's, a, it's an outrage. It's incompetence. All right, send me that $10,000 fine. Now, enough about my drinking of incredible rum. I would love to go. You know, I've been to the Crocodile Hunter Zoo, all that stuff. But, and, I, and let me tell you something. One of my favorite places on this planet is Mount Tambourine. Or somebody would say, Tambourine Mountain. But that is for me to cherish. And for me to talk about right now is that the, one of the new things added to my list for bucket list material is to spend Magic Round Weekend in Brisbane to watch uh, three straight days of incredible footy. And I think the only thing I could probably kind of say that it would resemble to me is I was lucky to go to the last Auckland Nines in 2016, I think, 20, 2017, I think it was, 2017 in uh, New Zealand, and that was magic. I had incredible seats. Um, there was almost a catching of the the match ball kicked by Latrell Mitchell in the Roosters uniform. We won't go into deep detail on how that didn't end up coming to America. We'll just say that how should we say the good hands people weren't involved in the situation? But it was an incredible time. It was an incredible time. Let me say that again. It's an incredible time. Inside joke. Inside joke. But I'm not doing that to you. Magic round. Take it in. Watch it as much as you can. I'm very, very excited. I will have a little bit of lack of sleep this weekend because, like I said, only one match is going to be on TV, so I'll be trying to watch as much stuff live as I can be. I know Fletch and Hindy and the entire show are road tripping from Sydney all the way up, up to Brisbane. So that could be exciting and some stuff to watch also this weekend. Now, let's talk about those dominoes falling, like I talked about earlier when we kind of gave the brief uh, early synopsis on what's going on in the show today. It's done. Adam Reynolds is given a don't argue to the Cronulla Sharks and then another don't argue to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And he is taking him and his young family to Queensland. Adam Reynolds has signed a three-year deal, $2 million plus, to play for the Brisbane Broncos. And you have to, let me do it. You got to give some applause because he deserves it. Kevy finally gets a big signing. It seemed like an exodus. Now, I know Tony Stagg signed last week, but it seemed like an exodus for Kevy. You know, Xavier Coates now going to Melbourne. Again, another big topic we're talking about. But Adam Reynolds being added to the Habs starting next season now gives free agents, players that are looking to sign, the belief that Brisbane is now heading back in the right direction. That is a huge coup for Kevy to get Adam Reynolds to sign on the dotted line to come there. I, I can't stress to you how big of a signing that is for the long-term success for the Brisbane Broncos. I think he's already been part of the part of the negotiation is he's coming in as the captain already as well. 
And I don't I can't see why you wouldn't give the guy the captaincy. So that is that is huge that he does that. And like I said, I'm so happy for and I I want to say I'm happy for Adam Reynolds. I know Adam Reynolds' number one priority was to stay with South Sydney. He loves South Sydney. It's the it's the club he grew up loving. And that he can't finish his career as a one-team player, it always makes me sad. But when you see a guy like Tom Brady over here in America not finishing his career with the Patriots, I think we just, all of us know, this is just how the game is now. It's just how the game is now. And... I'm just happy Adam Reynolds is at a place now where he feels like he's wanted, that's paying him the money and the value he thinks he's worth. And let's see how the dominoes fall. Let's see who who else Kevy can bring in now, um, now that he's got a half that he really wants, that he thinks can lead his team in the future. He's also telling now Anthony Milford to not play with the weight of the world on his shoulders and just show what he's capable of doing and that a contract is not out of the equation for him to stay with the Brisbane Broncos. Now, you have to understand for Anthony Milford that it will be a cut in his salary. He is not going to make that same type of money that he's making right now under the contract that he is. Hopefully, he has a good accountant and he, he invested and puts a lot of that money away because he's not going to see that type of dollar, that type of change, that type of coin, as they would say. He's not going to see it. And unfortunately for Milf, that's nobody else's fault really but his own. He, Yes, he came into Brisbane with a lot of expectation, but he just really didn't live up to what a lot of people thought he was going to be. So guess what happens? You unfortunately pay out of your own wallet, meaning you're just not going to make that type of money again on your next contract. But I think it would be a good state for him, and, and I don't know. I know now that there's talk because... My next thing is, where did the Cronulla Sharks go? And the big talk that there's so much smoke going now. I think we now have seen one of the fires. We see the Adam Reynolds fire. We see where that is actually burning, where it's actually going to be. But now the Sharks are looking at, well, do we want to sign Sean Johnson again? And it's really sad to say this, but they're really turning away from Sean Johnson. And you're turning away from a guy who, is coming back from a torn Achilles tendon. And it's only been his second week back since a torn Achilles. And they're already souring on him because he has not been playing like, quote-unquote, the Sean Johnson that we've seen before in the past. Now, I think all of us will admit that Sean Johnson isn't the free-style, fun-and-gun, running, passing player that we saw for the Warriors. He doesn't play that way much anymore. He doesn't run as much as he used to. And I think that's something that's been sorely missed. And now I don't know if it's a question of he doesn't play that way now. The question is, can he play that way now? And I think Sean's figuring that out as we go, as we as we speak right now. But then there's talk that possibly the Brisbane Broncos are talking to Sean Johnson. That'd be a crazy pairing, wouldn't it? Sean Johnson and Adam Reynolds as your halves for the Brisbane Broncos? I, I don't know. But I just know, again, like I said, the Cronulla Sharks people got rid of Coach Morris and brought in Fitzgibbon for next season because they wanted a guy in there. They thought that top-tier talent would sign with Cronulla because of their coach. And I think that they have mortgaged a lot with that belief. But with the with the rumor coming out that Paul Gallen may be coming back to the club next year as being a guy that might be one of the men in charge with player development and uh, making these type of decisions, I think that's a no-brainer. Because the people they have right now doing that, I think really dropped the ball for the Sharks quite a bit. And that is what we're seeing that they're having to deal with right now with the rest of this season is a lack of belief. And I said, this this coach, Coach Morris, was a coach that a lot of the younger players had played for in their under-20 side. And he's gone. He's gone. And I think that you're going to see, that again, 
them struggle the rest of the season, which is very, very sad because I think they have themselves a good team. Now, it'll be it'll be quite interesting to see uh, Andrew Fafita come back into the club this week with his new blonde hair. But I think, again, as I say this, I think the Sharks are in trouble. Now, like I said earlier, uh, when we were just talking about Adam Reynolds, Xavier Coates, it's official. He is now with the Storm. He signed a two-year deal. He's there from 2022 and 23. And then it came through that that five-year blockbuster deal that the Roosters were trying to put in place to keep Sam Walker, Hollywood Walker, uh, with the Chooks, it looks like that did not go through. And it really sounds like this might be Sam Walker's team and not the Roosters that, for the reason this did not, how should I say, uh, get signed the way the Roosters were hoping. But it's a two-year deal, and he's also signed to the end of 2023. But I think what they want to see is how he plays the next couple years. And I think they're, I think they are banking that if he plays the way that he's playing now, puts on the weight that he needs to put on, he can be an even more dominant player, which can, quote-unquote, help him sign a few more dollar signs on that dotted line and then sign that five-year deal. Because don't forget, he will only, he'll only be 21 years of age when his contract is done. So yeah, getting that, that five-year deal... And, you know, until he's 26 years old, yeah, that might be a smart play. Now, it could be a dangerous play if he wants to stay with the Roosters. But I think deep down, as soon as that two-year deal was signed, I think the Roosters went right back into the war room and started thinking, what do we need to do to make a more lucrative deal to get him in a couple years' time, as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, to sign him for a long-term deal? Now, unfortunately, because I don't know how many of the topics we keep talking about, Shedheads, we go back to Boyd Cordner. And the reason we're going back to Boyd Cordner is because of all the talk we've talked about head injuries and concussions. But Boyd Cordner has been ruled out of the 2021 State of Origin Series. And that that's really sad. That's really sad in the standpoint that I'm really, I'm really hopeful that Boyd Cordner comes back. I really have no idea when that will be. I'm as I'm looking at it right now, I'm thinking Boyd Quarter may come back either right after Origin or during Origin when the Roosters will be down a few players. But that's halfway through the season. And and I think it's just being smart by Freddie Fittler and some of the and some of the people that, that, that are in those power positions to make the decision. I think it's just important that Boyd does not maybe come back to the hardest hitting event, you know, three game event in the season and that he can slowly work his way back into the rotation and match fitness speed to get him the best possible position to help him stay clear of injury. And I think that's what they're, they're thinking as they're going into this. Now, only thing I care about is that Boyd Corner gets back healthy, and can stay on the field. And that there's no long-term effects from his head injuries. That's the only thing I think all of us can hope for. Now, as I stayed positive through most of this podcast so far, of outside this episode of Outside the Sheds, unfortunately, I have to be a realist and bring us back to negative connotations at times. Because again, my favorite coach, Madge McGuire, your, your captain of that sinking ship that's the West Tigers has done the unthinkable because he's only had a few players that really played and played well most of this season. And one of those guys is his 5'8", Adam Dewey. And even though I told you, and you could, I know you guys want to hold me accountable for this, I'll admit it, I think Adam Dewey, to me, is a better center than a 5'8" even though he's played pretty well in the 5-8th position so far this year. But my thing is this. Now it's coming out that for this weekend, Madge has pulled Adam Dewey out of 5-8th and put him at centers, which Rashad Adama said is where he should be. My problem is, if he was going to do that, he could have signed Benji Marshall for another season and allowed Benji to retire as a Tiger 
partnered with Luke Brooks. There's your, your leadership right there. But now he does not have Benji. And he's going to put Moses Mbai in the 5-8th position. Now we saw that first round. Don't forget, Moses Mbai played with Luke Brooks in round one. And there wasn't cohesion between those two guys. So, I, I what do I always say when you, when we talk about this team and, and, and Coach and Madge McGuire? I have no idea what the heck is going on. I don't. To me, this feels like a guy that is feeling the pressure so much, he's going to just start throwing things at the wall and see if they stick. Because the last thing that he did was he's now named Jacob Little at Hooker. And Jake Simkin, who a lot of people think has been the guy that's just left it all out there, is now off the pitch. With Little now in. So, I don't know. I don't know, Shedheads, what to even say. I think that the, the, I told you this is nothing against Madge McGuire, the man. Nothing against Madge McGuire, the 2012 Premier's coach. Madge McGuire is not, quote unquote, what the Tigers are. A flamboyant, fun-loving offensive club. And if that's what pulls at you, and that's what your your, your identity is, for somebody to come in and say, no, we're going to be hard defense, it totally makes sense why one week they look like they kind of get it, the next week they don't seem like they get it. But I think this move they just did right there by moving some key players from positions where they've been playing well might be the last straw. Because guess what? If they lose to the Knights, an undermanned Knights club this week, they will be coming for Madge McGuire's head. You can... You can Write it down on a piece of paper and said, the Shed Adama said that on Outside the Sheds. Corey Jackson, again, getting it. But that's for you. I don't know how much ink you have in your house. Uh, you might even have a number two paper mate, which means you can erase it. But I said it. I'll stand by it. There's my stamp of approval. This is approved message by your Shed Adamas. Now, before we do our transition that I said we were going to start doing, let's go over the matchups for Magic Round. You know that I went five for eight for this last round. So there we go. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Did you hear that bank account? Cha-ching. Oh, there we go. Oh, my gosh. It keeps going. Um, but let's go over these matches. Kicking it off. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it fascinating? They're the West Tigers again. Because kicking off Magic Round, Knights versus the Tigers. Knights versus the Tigers. No Kalen Ponga for the Knights and a Tigers club that says again they're going to play hard again this week. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So who do I pick? Who do I pick? Who do I pick? Who do I, are you kidding me? Knights. Newcastle Knights. I think that that club, Clemmer, I think those boys are winning it. And I think that you're going to get their, their second match victory in a row a streak will become the new thing in the hunter so i've got the knights next we have the broncos at the sea eagles no matter how much you guys know that i'm rooting for kevy to do well he's going up against do i need to do it do i need to do it all right i'll do it you think we need one more i think we need one more i think we need one more desi's back back again Sea Eagles, Sea Eagles, Sea Eagles. Market with an H. Raiders at Dogs are the next match. This, I think, is a Saturday because I think that the, the first two matches are on Friday night. Then Saturday is a triple header. Raiders at Dogs. I think the five-game win the streak by Ricky's boys comes to an end. I think the Raiders take that. Rabbitohs versus the Sharks. This time, Jaws is looking into the camera and saying, I think I need a bigger boat because he's the one on the sinking ship here. I take the Rabbit Toes to rebound after their 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 really bad loss to the Josh Haddo cars and Rabbit Toes. Roosters versus Cowboys. You've got a banged up, beat up Roosters club 
going to Queensland against Todd Payton's cows. And I'm going with the cows. That's right. There's my first upset of the weekend. North Queensland over the Roosters. Then we have the Eels versus the Warriors. This is going to kick off the matches for for the last day of Magic Round. And I've got the Eels there. Dragons versus the Storm. I'm not even going to... Please, really? are you? Uh, please don't ask me that. Storm, Storm, Storm. And then the final match of Magic Round. Panthers versus the Titans. I said this earlier a few weeks ago. I said don't please, please, please don't ever let me pick against them for the foreseeable future. And I remember, I'm a man of my word, I am taking the boys at the foot of the Blue Mountains. I'm going Penrith Panthers to win. Now, I promise I'm a man of my word. Please tell my mother this. AFL. AFL. So let's go over some of these matches for that, that happened this week. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Trent Cotchin was not in the roster. And the Geelong Cats took it to the Tigers, 126-63. to I think it was a close match at half, and the Tigers got boat raced in the second half. And that is even, maybe Dustin Martin was still, um, maybe he was still a little bit, how should I say, feeling no ill will and feeling no bad pain, if you know what I mean, after spending a little bit of time uh, being able to drink some incredible New Zealand beers he was visiting his father. But the Tigers did not look themselves. The Tigers are going to be on TV this week. They are playing uh, Greater Western Sydney on FS1. Then the the St. Kilda Saints beat the Suns 63-54. That does not help the Suns go into their big rivalry game against the Brisbane Lions this week. With a lot of with an air of confidence, but it doesn't take much for either one of those two clubs to get up for that match. Maybe the most exciting match of this round was the Bombers and the Giants. The Giants hold on and win 107-105, but the Bombers came for them. They had a pretty big lead. Greater Western Sydney did, and the Bombers just kept chipping, kept chipping, kept chipping, kept chipping, kept chipping, kept chipping and they just fell a little bit short. Like I said, 107-105 Giants. The Pies finally, finally get off the schneid, get in the win column. They beat the Ruse 94-76. They continue. The D's 67, Swans 58. I told you it was my match of the round going into this round. And it lived up to all expectation. And the D's stay unbeaten. The D's stay unbeaten. The, then we have the Clash, to me a, a match that I really enjoy. Matter of fact, I actually got to go to the stadium where both clubs play, Adelaide Oval, one of the eighth wonders of the world, some people say. A beautiful, beautiful stadium. I, I very much enjoyed my tour. Uh, Adelaide is one of my favorite cities in the world. Got to bike there. Got to, to, to bike down to the coast. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But the power. The power and a little in excess. 87. Crows 38. West Coast Eagles 98 over the Hawks. 60. Hawthorne. A shell of themselves. And you just wonder. You know, you, you just think a guy that was untouchable. Like Coach Clarkson, is is it starting to get a little bit tight down there with Hawthorne? The Dogs continue. They've now won 7 of 8. They handled the Carlton Blues 107-91. And then to finish out the round, the Lions 95, the Dockers 71. Now, going into a little a few of the events that happened during that round, the power dominated the Crows. That was the 49th clash meeting. And crazy to think about, but it was 24 apiece. 
for their head-to-head matchups going into this 49th clash. And even though they won by 49 points and now the power have the 25-24 to advantage, if you talk to anybody who's an Adelaide Crows fan, they'll still say they're up on top because they have two premierships to the powers one. I still say scoreboard. And I still say with it being 25-24, you have to say the power stays with the power. So, incredible. Travis Boak won his third showdown medal. And I'm going to tell you something. Travis Boak is getting better instead of getting worse. And I think when you see a guy like Tom Brady playing into his 40s right now and then winning championships, I think it, it, it tells a lot of these guys who really work on themselves. And Travis Boak is one of those guys. Travis Boak, when the season ends, gets on a plane, flies over to America, and trains and trains and trains and trains to make sure his body is right, to make sure his mind is right, to make sure that he feels the confidence to go out there and do what he needs to do and to face the rigors of an AFL season, let alone game. And I think you're starting to see those results come up with his play. But it's his second showdown medal in back-to-back seasons. His second in a row. So, Travis Boak, I guess you could say that he's winding back the clock. You could guess him. I guess he will, I guess we could call him Benjamin Button. Yeah, ben, we'll call him Benji Button Boak. Benji Boak. Button Boak? Okay, you make the decision. But either way, incredible performance by Travis Boak and the rest of the power. And I said earlier, the D's continue their flawless season by taking care of the Swans. And and I got to tell you something. I saw the D's and the Broncos play live. I think two seasons ago, I was at the GABA watching the match. And the D's held on and won the match. And almost saw a fight. You saw two clubs right there that were probably were not on top of their game. And uh, yeah, there's some bad blood. Um, and that wasn't a fight on the field. That was a fight in the stands too, by the way. But it was my first time seeing an AFL match at the GABA. So that was really, really cool. But it's crazy to see where the D's are now compared to where they were just even a couple seasons ago. And uh, I I really think that they are they are... They're pushing my prediction of having a Port Adelaide versus Richmond final. They're pushing it just a tiny bit. They're pushing it. So my match of the round, though, for this coming weekend for the AFL, and like I said, check your local listings. There are quite a few matches. I think there are six matches that are on for the AFL this round on FS1, FS2, and Fox Soccer Channel. But my match of the round is at Adelaide Oval again. The Western Bulldogs come to town to take on the Port Adelaide Power. That is a match, Shedheads. That will be a that will be a title fight of mixed matching of coaches trying to do matchups, trying to impose their will at times, trying to know when to back off to counterattack. It's gonna it's gonna be an awesome, awesome, awesome match. But as you can guess. They don't have your Shed Adamas pitching, picking the matches to put on TV. And that one is not going to be shown over here in the States unless you're subscribed or if you want to listen to it, which you can listen to it on the radio for free on AFL.com as well. But it's going to be a pretty exciting round. But I want to leave you with that match, that power and the dogs match. And I'm going to go with Port Adelaide wins that just because it is at the Adelaide Oval. Now, we go to the guns. Let's talk about some excellence on the field. I I know that you can pretty much guess who I'm going to pick for my three guns this week because it isn't that hard. My number one gun, the Fox. Let's say it's fun saying that, isn't it? The Fox. The Fox. Josh Adokar. Six tries. 170 running meters. Three line breaks. One tackle break. And one, excuse me, three tackles made. My number two gun, Turbo, Tommy Trevojevic. Two tries, 235 running meters, five line breaks, three line break assists, four try assists, 
eight tackle breaks and one tackle made. I said that all in one breath. That's how great of a performance Tom Travojevic was. But I'm going to say something. You should probably put a little asterisk next to Turbo because Saab was on fire as well with the, with the hat trick of three tries. And you got to be excited as a Manly fan that you've got that. You've got Turbo. You've got Jake Travojevic. You've got Saab. You've got uh, Josh Schuster in there. You've got some young pieces starting to show up in Manly. you got some young, young pieces. And we'll see what this season takes for them. I do think they're going to make it into the top eight. I do not think they will be in the top five. But I think they will finish sixth or seventh. Um, But you've got to feel positive about being a Manly fan. And you've got to feel a little bit positive about your future. If Desi can bring a few more pieces in there. And Kieran Foran's body continues to heal. Meaning that I think that he can get better as the season goes along. Uh, Manly might be able to do a few things here in the in the coming future. Now, my last, my number three gun. Well, I just talked about him, Travis Boak. Your showdown medalist, going to be thirty three next week. Twenty eight disposals, eleven kicks, seventeen handballs, three marks, three tackles, six clearances. 364 meters gained in 83 minutes on the pitch. 83 minutes. That's a lot of time for a guy who they think is old. Wouldn't you think, Shedheads? Again, and and don't forget, during that match, Boki looked like he hurt his leg. He came down and started reaching back behind the knee. And I was worried. And so were the announcers. Some of them thought that this could be really, really, really serious and and bad going forward for Travis. But guess what? It wasn't. And there's your your showdown medalist to to round out our guns for the week. Now, in Outside the Bubble, I told you that I am a huge, huge, huge hockey fan. Uh, It's been a very unique season in the NHL. Like it's been unique for everybody around the world. We've all had to come together. Well, we all should have come together and adapted to this, attacked it as one as one group of people. Now, it's happened a little bit better in other parts of the world. We won't talk about my country right now, but we'll talk about other parts of the world. But that doesn't stop the fact that the season has still been going on for the NHL, and we've made it to the end of the season, and the playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, start this weekend. Now, I will say this. The Stanley Cup playoffs, to me, is the toughest competition to win in professional sport. Now, physically taxing, we can say the NRL or AFL, you you know, any, any match where you're tackling as much as the, N- the NRL without pads and running at full speed into others and to run 10 miles plus per match, tackle and a kick like the AFL, you got to think that's pretty damn tough as well. But the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's nothing like it. Um, it is brutal. It is physical. It's a war of attrition. It is just, it, it is, it's poetry. It really, really is. So what we've got here is I've got some matchups for you guys. And I'm going to go over my picks for this. Um, like I said, the, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs start on Saturday. And here are the matchups. In the East, we've got the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the New York Islanders. And the Capitals, the Washington Capitals versus the Boston Bruins. Those are the matchups in the Eastern Conference's start. In the Central, we've got the the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Nashville Predators and the Florida Panthers against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, asterisk that series because that is going to be a Sunshine Bay, excuse me, a Sunshine State hate fest. And get ready for a lot of bad blood and for a little blood to be bouncing on the ice because that is going to be a physical, physical series. Both teams don't like each other. And the great thing about two teams not liking each other going into a Stanley Cup series is the hate will come. Because if you already don't like them, wait till you see them for seven games. Exactly. Let it begin. Or as they say in some song, let the blood flow. So it could be quite exciting. 
in the in the West, we have not finished this. We will know in a matter of hours the seedings in the West because the battle for the top two seeds, one and two, is between the Colorado Avalanche and the, the Las Vegas or Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights could have wrapped this up two days ago, but the Lanch beat them on their home ice, on, excuse me, on Vegas's home ice, two to one. So now Colorado controls their destiny. If they win tonight, they are the number one seed in the West. If they lose tonight, Vegas is the number one seed in the West. And gets and either one of these two teams will get home ice through the rest of the playoffs. So when I say this, I'm going to say either Lanch or, or Avalanche or Knights versus the Blues, and then Avalanche or Knights versus the Wild are the two matchups that we've got there. So either way, that is going to be a series. Those are two series that all four of those teams feel they can come out of the Western Division. And then the battle for the North, as or as I call it, your Canadian division. We've got the Maple Leafs versus the Les Habitants, the Montreal Canadiens. And that is a series I don't think these two teams have played since 79. I think that's what that number is. So this is going to, like I said, if you like games and series with a lot of agitation, a lot of animosity, there you go. Because this will become a nasty series. And then we have the Oilers versus the Jets. The Edmonton Oilers. The five-time Stanley Cup champion Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and a band of other dangerous boys. Edmonton Oilers versus the Winnipeg Jets. Now, all that being said, we'll go into the rounds more as the Stanley Cup playoffs continue to go on. But I'm going to tell you right now, my two teams that I think are going to meet in the Stanley Cup final are going to be the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Carolina Hurricanes. And I have the VGK, the Vegas Golden Knights, lifting the Stanley Cup three, four years after their inception of 2017. So I've got the Golden Knights winning it all. Shedheads, I, I don't know what else I can give you. I really don't. I've given you picks. I've told you what to watch. The next thing you're going to ask me is, you know, what piece of jewelry to buy your significant other. And that is really outside my comfort zone. I don't think I can do that. But what I can promise you is that your Shed Adamas will be here next week. So until that time, thank you again for gracing me with your presence of coming on to and listening to Outside the Sheds. Stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. I am your host, Corey Jackson. Continue to look at my Instagram page. I think I have a huge bump for my Australian shedheads. Keep that coming. Let me hear you. Let me hear you, as Hogan used to say, Hulk Hogan. I'm putting my, my, my hand to my ear right now. But come on, shedheads. Let's come together. But until next week, have fun with the footy. Let's watch some magic. And I'll see ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 